Let me jump into this. Last week, uh, we wrapped up our value series, where all summer long, we've been looking at some of the teachings of Jesus that hopefully drive many, if not all, the things that we do around here individually and as a church. And the first week, we looked at this concept of this principle, and it's the concept that Jesus claimed that he lived his own life by. Around here, we just call it biblical authority. And the idea is this, is that God is the one who gets to say what's true. God is the one who defines truth. God, God knows how life works best. And the reason he knows that it works best is one of his titles is he's the author of life. So he invented it. All right. He kind of thought it all up. He, he designed life. And so he knows how everything in our life works best. God knows how people work best, how families and relationships work best. He also knows what causes us to kind of blow apart. God knows how our bodies work best. God knows what money can do and what it can't do. I mean, fill in the blank and every, any topic that you want to pick or any area of your life, and you can attach to that, and God knows best. When, why, where, how, my life will work best. God knows best on that. And Jesus comes along and says, that's how I live my life. That's how I run my life. And if, we did a whole six-week series on kind of comparing God's teachings to, to railroad tracks, and it's that comparison. If, if God says it's true, then Jesus says, I say it's true. If God says, do that, Jesus says, then I'm going to do that. If God says, go over there, I want to go over there. And then Jesus looks at us through the Bible and he says, now listen, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. And in other words, everything that I say to you is true because all I'm doing is repeating what my father God told me. So he said this, so if you trust in God, trust also in, in me. And then he goes on and he says something really familiar. We looked at this a few weeks ago. At John chapter 8, he says this. He says, now to the Jews who believed in him, and at this point, Jesus was only talking to Jewish people, and then he expanded it out to all the rest of us, but some Jewish people started kind of following him and believing in him. He says, to the Jews who believed him, Jesus said this. This is important. If you hold to my teaching, all right? And by the way, the teaching that I received from my father and then passed on to you. So if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, my followers. And then... Here it is, ready? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Big quoted verse from all over the world, right? Right? You got to remember that, though, okay? If you hold to my teachings, then you will know. And by know, he's not just saying intellectually know something's true. He says, no, if you'll hold on to my teachings, you'll know because you'll actually experience truth in your life. And then, and only then, by the way, can that kind of truth set you free. What do you mean free? Free, free to what? Free to have a better life. Isn't that why you came to church today? I'm looking for a better way to live my life. Free to have the life that you want to have and that God meant for you to have. Now, now there's this key concept that we've been coming back to over and over and over. Jesus taught it. We teach it in here as best we can. But it goes like this. Is, is that following Jesus or being a Christian, whatever you want to call it, all right? It's not just about having a certain set or even the right set of beliefs. Do you believe the right stuff about God? Do you believe the right stuff about Jesus? Do you believe the right stuff about the Bible? All right? See, li- living connected to God, all right, can never be reduced down to a checklist. Do you believe these five or ten things are true? You do? All right, you're in. It can't ever be like that. James, he's a half-brother of Jesus, meaning Mary had other children after, after Jesus with, with her husband Joseph. James, the half-brother of Jesus, he says it like this. He says this. I love this. He says, do you believe that there's one God? Good. you believe in God? Translated. Big deal. It's really how it translates, okay? You believe there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. See, there's two ways, two different ways to, to believe in God. One way leads to a better life. That's, that's awesome. That's what we want to go after. And the other way 
you believe, but it just makes you scared and afraid, right? And James goes on and says that, that we're not followers of Jesus simply because we can kind of pass a test. We believe certain information is actually true. He says, no, 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 no. We're, we're followers of Jesus, Christians, all right, believers, when we have a faith that defines us like this. Big important words. Because I believe, here we go. Does that make sense? It's different. Because I believe certain things are true. Because I'm confident that God is who he says he is. Because I, I, I believe with all my heart that God will keep every promise he's ever made to me. Because I trust him. Because of all those things. I'm going to lean my life against him. And I'm going to apply what I say I believe to my life. And let everything I do be driven by those truths. I mean, go back to that, to that railroad track you know, comparison. And I'll let go of it in a couple of weeks. But let's just keep holding on a little bit more, okay? If God says go right... Because he knows right works. Because he knows that right's better. Because he knows that right is true. Because he made it up, all right? But, and you say, well, I believe right's too, is, right, is the right way too. But it doesn't matter if you believe that going right is good. It doesn't matter if you believe going right is true. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if you believe that going right would actually take you to a better life. It doesn't matter if you don't, what? Go right. All right, I believe, I believe, all right? See, if God says do this because this is better and this works and this leads to a better life, it doesn't matter what you believe about this if you don't actually do this. And that's what Jesus taught over and over and over. He asked, do you believe what you heard me say to you? Do you believe what I taught you? Yes? Okay, great. Now hold on to that. In other words, don't let go of that. Take hold of it. I want you to put it into practice. And then... You're wondering why you're not free. But then, if you would hold on and put into practice what I, what I told you was actually true, you'll experience a, a better life. And you'll be free. Now, what's Jesus mean when he says, I'm telling you, if, if you hold on and put it into practice, you'll be free. Free from what? How about the stuff that's enslaving you? You go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I'm not a slave to anybody or, or anything. Really? How about um, Fear. Are there any parts of your life that tonight you say, I'm afraid? I'm afraid somebody's going to do something to me. I'm afraid somebody's going to find out about something I already did or I'm about to do. Right? Afraid something's going to happen that's totally out of my control and I don't know what will happen. Wouldn't you say for a lot of us, locked up in fear would describe a lot of our stories? I'm just locked up. I'm in fear. How about um, Regret. Are there any parts of your life, past or present, that every time you think about them or remember them, words like guilt, shame, embarrassment, anger, bitterness come to mind? And people have told you, you need to get over that, and you tried, and you can't, right? It's like you're chained to it. You're chained to your past. You carry it around every day. Here's one that will bother you. How about debt? Anybody here locked in a prison of financial debt? Don't raise your hand. There are people looking down right now, all of us, all right? We owe so many people and so many companies so much money we'll never get out. And there's some stuff we'd really like to do. We come in here and we hear about Afghanistan. We hear about kids going to camp, you know. We'd like to maybe you know, help some people and buy some backpacks. We, someday we'd like to go on a mission trip. You know, when our kids get a little older, we'd like to help out our children. But we're, and here it is, we're locked into payments on stuff that we just had to have. But now it's broken and thrown away and we've already replaced it with something else. We're still making payments on it, but we're now we're making more payments on what replaced what's broken, right? 
and here's the thing, okay? Today, to me, my goal is mainly just to set up this series, all right? We might get out here early. Don't hold me to that. But th- this, is, this is not going to be a series on rehashing all of our mistakes. Does anybody want that? No, I, I, I don't, all right? Although we do have to take an honest look at how we got to where we are. So we, we are going to do that, but we're not going to... This isn't a guilt trip. See, the, the goal of following what Jesus said was truth that leads to a better life is the hope that maybe, all right, we can do some things differently from this point on in our life, in our future that won't lead to the same train wrecks and prisons and regret and guilt. The the, the point of this series is not to make you feel guilty. It's to deliver us from guilt, all right, that we found ourselves in the past, just don't want to do that again. And again, it comes back to one word. It's not, now does everybody believe? Does everybody agree with God? That's, that's not what we're asking. Not, does everybody understand God all the time? That's not the question we're going to ask. See, the key phrase or, or, or word today and in this whole series is going to look like this. Are you willing to, what's the word? Are you willing to apply what Jesus says is true? Great, you believe it. Great, you agree with it. Great, you understand it. That doesn't change anything. Are you willing to apply what Jesus says is true, even though you don't always understand or agree with why God says it's true or you you can't figure out how what God says will work actually will work? You're going to apply it simply because you trust the God who said it. And because of that, I'm going to apply it to my life and put it into practice. So we're going to kind of take a cue from Apple, all right, from their iPhone, their iPod, their iPad, their whatever, all right? We're going to look at some different areas of our life, and we're going to discover that there really isn't an app for that. And I'll explain that in just a second. See, in other, there's no, no matter what situation you and I find ourselves in, whether the Bible talks specifically about that or not, I have people come up to me all the time going, the Bible doesn't really talk about that, so what am I supposed to do? Well, whether it talks about our exact situation or not, there is a truth that God has made known that applies directly to every one of our situations and circumstances and, if applied, works. So here's the goal every week in here, but but over the next few weeks of this series, each week, hopefully, we're going to walk out of here with some some very specific tools kind of to build our lives with, some weapons to kind of fight against ending up in the wrong place. We want to get a better life because no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in or where you know we find ourselves there really is an app an application and let me just kind of define that so every time i say that for the rest of the series we know what we're talking about there is a truth from god that if you were to apply it could change your life in your future there's an app for everything you go through there's a truth from god that if you were to apply that to your life it could change everything so where do we start i want that all right well, like I said, today's mostly set up, but we're going to start, every week we're going to start in the same place, in a very specific book of the Bible. If you have your Bible, the Flatterns Bible in the back, it's like right in the middle of the Bible. It's the book of Proverbs, and, it, uh, and I'll kind of tell you a little bit about it. But if you have the Flatterns Bible, it's on page 441 is where we're going to be. Um, and it, there's three Bibles in the back, and we're going to be in the book of Proverbs all, all, all month long. So go ahead and grab a Bible if you want to do that. But the book of Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. His dad was King David. Maybe you've heard of him. All right, all right. And it's simply the findings of what the Bible, this is how the Bible describes Solomon. He's one of the wisest people to ever walk on the planet. All right? And this is just kind of, he writes down kind of the things that he's discovered because God has taught, 
taught, taught that to him, all right? So we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, okay? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It's also um, in, your, in your program there, but you get a Bible anyway, all right? So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Here it is. Ready? This is the, this is the one we're going to look at. It says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay? Everybody got that? Now, we, we're gonna, let's just kind of take a time out and break this down because i got to be honest, at first glance, that kind of sounds like a, like a biblical fortune cookie. It's like, oh, grasshopper. Yeah, yeah very good, all right? No, no. It's more than, more than just good luck to you, all right? Here's what we're going to find in this one verse. We're going to find that there's a truth here in that verse. Just look at it. Kind of a concept that if, you, if we can get it right, if we can get our arms around this truth, you can run every decision that you have, every situation you find yourself in through this filter. Whatever you find yourself in, you can kind of hold it up against this truth. And if you're willing to apply it, you're going to find yourself in a much better place. Why? Because you're going to make better decisions. Wiser decisions. All right? Let's look at it again. Let's break it down. Okay? So let's look at it again. It says this. The fear of the Lord. Now, time out here. Okay? Look at the word Lord there. See it? It's all caps. See, I studied in school. Right? So it's all caps. Now, here's the thing. Anytime in the Bible you see the word Lord in all caps, it's like... They can't translate it very well in, in, in the Hebrew and the English. So they put it in all caps. It's like God's biggest name. It literally would translate like God Almighty. So the fear of God Almighty. So whenever you see all caps, it's like big God. Runs the universe, God. Don't mess with that God. Okay, so, the, so that's where we start. So the fear of the Lord God Almighty, all right, that's the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So right here in the, it's like the opening paragraph to this book about making better decisions. Solomon says, I want to give you the key. You're looking for knowledge? You want to know how to live your life? You want to try to figure this out from this point on in your life? Well, here's where it starts. It starts with the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of knowledge. Now, what's that mean? Well, let's kind of break it down, all right? Let's start with the word knowledge, if you're a note taker. You know, we've already kind of hinted at this, but there's two kinds of knowledge floating around out there, all right? Like there's head knowledge, right? And maybe another way, you, maybe you call it like book smart. You know what I'm talking about? All right? Like I know it in my head. You possess some, you know some certain things or you believe some things are true because you read it in a book or some professor stood up and said, this is truth, write it down, believe it, and you'll pass the test, right? But it's kind of a theory. It's kind of hypothetical. You know, you never really been there or experienced it, but it's just a kind of a concept. It's, it's, it's head knowledge, and then there's another kind. It's called experiential knowledge. You know something's true because you've been there, done it. You know the difference I'm talking about, right? You, you tried it. You saw it in action. You've seen it at work in your own life. And I'll give you an example of that, okay? Like relational knowledge is experiential knowledge, all right? You can't have a relationship with somebody unless you experience them, right? Like, like there's a difference. You can come up to me and, and you can say, you know, I, I, I know or I love LeBron James, Right? Or I, I, I love Lady Gaga. I don't know why, but go for it. All right? So, you know, whatever, right? And I know what you mean. I know what you're trying to say. But it's not really true. You don't know LeBron James. I mean, what's his phone number? I don't know. You ever been to his house? No, I got arrested. No, right, right? You, you can't do that. You know, have you, have you ever met Lady Gaga? Have you ever had lunch with her? It, whatever, all right? Have you, all right? No, I, I never have. Right, right, right. See? See, you don't know. I, know. I know what you mean, but you don't, you don't know. But it's a totally different thing to say, I know him. Why? He's my dad. I know her because she's my, my best friend. We grew up together. We live together. We talk every day. Totally different level and definition of knowledge, right? 
different kinds of knowledge. So if the win for this series is that we're going to look for some tools or some weapons, some, some truth, and the question is, all right, where do you find that? Where do you find truth? Where do you find weapons and tools that you can build your life on so that you know that when I experience them, when I, when I live every day with them, I can know that they'll work? And Solomon says, well, I'll tell you where to start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The fear of the Lord. What, what, what do you mean? You're, in your search for knowing and experiencing truth in your life, it starts with the fear of the Lord, which doesn't make sense. I thought we were trying to not be afraid anymore. Well, right? We're trying to get rid of fear. Oh, right. That's not, a ta- that's not the fear Solomon's talking about here. See, there, there's just two kinds of fear. Just like knowledge, there's two kinds of fear. There's a fear that makes you want to run and hide because you're afraid. And the reason you're afraid is you think that someone's trying to hurt you or harm you or, or, or kind of ruin your life, right? That's bad fear. That's not the fear we're talking about here. A, a better way to interpret this word fear that, that Solomon's talking about would be like to respect. All right? You're not afraid. You just respect to, you, you, and see God, who he really is and, and what he's really like and how he says life and things work best. I, I kind of hold God in a, in a certain place because he's like this and he does things like this and, and he's like that. And I believe that. And I fear the Lord. It's very close to our definition of faith. I really think God is who he says he is and will do everything he promised to do. That means to fear the Lord. I respect him. I hold him in the right place. And the Bible teaches that this kind of fear doesn't make somebody run away afraid. It actually makes somebody open up and, and trust God and believe that what he says is actually good. In another place in the Bible, it says that this kind of fear gives a person confidence. Because you don't have to walk around trying to figure out or make up what's the right thing to do. And every time you run into a hard situation. In another place in the Bible, it says that, that, um, that when a person who's like in, a, in authority or in charge, like a boss or a ruler or a judge, if that person were to fear God properly, they'd make better decisions in court and run in their company if they held God in the right place. Jesus taught over and over that God is loving and good and kind. But the Bible also says that Jesus feared God. I mean, he held God in the right place. That's why Jesus made the decisions he made based on who he believed God to be, what he believed God was like. And he did things because God says that's how it works best. He feared, he applied God to his life. Then Solomon turns around, looks at us and says, now, you need to fear God. And what he's saying is this. If you really want to know, experientially know, the truth of life, the reality of how stuff works, so you can make better decisions, here's where you start. You need to ask some questions. No matter what circumstance you find in, you've got to ask questions like this. All right, now, who's God? What's he like? What does he have to say about the choices that are in front of me? Psalm says, if you really want to know truth, you hold everything up against that, against God, and then you'll know the truth. Let's kind of put it in app form, okay? All right? So here's the, here's the Fear God app. It looks like this, all right? So here's my life, all right? I'm going to take everything I know about God and kind of apply it to my life. And the, what Solomon says is, then you'll know what the right thing to do is or the wise thing to do is, okay? So I've, I've got a decision in my life. I want to do this. I don't know if I should do this. I think it's right. I don't know if it's right, but I want to do it anyway. We run the app. Okay, this is what I want to do. All right, I want to do this. I want to do this with her right now. Is that okay? I don't know. Run the app. See, based on what you know about God. I, I, want, to, I want to do this. I want to say this. How about this? I want to spend my money on that, but not on that. Which one's the right thing to do? I don't know. Run, run the app. Does that make sense? This is what I know about God. This is what he's like. This is what he said about what I'm going through. What should I do? 
you can know. See, if God is who he claims to be, and he's like this, and he's never like this, and Jesus said this, do this, don't do that, because it leads to a better life, then you'll have your answer. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It lines up totally. Or no, I'm not going to do that. Now, or maybe never, I don't know, maybe later. You know, sometimes it's not about, is it right or wrong? Sometimes it, it may be right, but just because something's not wrong doesn't make it a good idea, right? We're going to talk more about that next week. So God says to Solomon, God says to us through Solomon, run your life, every decision you have through that app, and then you'll know the truth, and you'll know what to do. That sounds simple. Wouldn't it be great if we could just do that? Oh, well, I, I know what I'm going to do. It'd be great. But Solomon, in the second half of this verse, acknowledges there's, there's another way to run your life, right? And it's not by knowing and applying the truth. There's another way. See, like we say this all the time in here, if you're new, is that there's always two deals on the table, at least. There are always choices. God doesn't say, that's it, do that, that's all you can do. You know? He doesn't tie us to it. He doesn't pull our strings and things like that. There's always choices. And, and, and so Solomon lays out, okay, there's a choice. We just talked about the fear of the Lord. But there's another choice, and he uses a really strong word to describe this other choice. All right? Look back at, at Proverbs 1.7 in your program. All right? You might want to make some notes. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So that's deal number one. But here it is. Ready? Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And you've got to look at that. He says, fools despise wisdom. And the word despise there literally means disrespects, ignores, scorns wisdom. Meaning this is that here's wisdom. You know what my response is? I roll my eyes and go, that's stupid. All right? I, I, that, that, that won't work. It means I'm going I'm to pretend like it's not even true. But here's the thing, all right? And this is big. Even if a fool knows it's true, a fool could look at him and go, that's probably true. The fool pretends that it's not true. All right? What's not true? Wisdom. And the biblical definition of wisdom is the understanding, the ability to apply what, what one knows about God to form a better plan for my life and choose the best path. And Solomon says fools ignore making a good plan for their life. And they also ignore discipline. Even if they know what's right to do and what they need to do, a fool never takes steps to actually get there. I'm going to give you an example of this, very practical. It doesn't have really that much to do with God, but it's very practical, okay? Here's a wise saying. Sensei, here we go. Ready? You want to write this down, all right? And I'm basing this on how God created bodies, but whether you believe in God or not, this is just true, right? Bodies work best physically when you give them a healthy, balanced diet and regularly, regular daily exercise, all right? That's a wise saying. If we would eat better and exercise more, our bodies would work better. Now, it's hard to argue against that because it's just true. It's reality. It's reality because that's how God set our bodies up to work best. But even if you don't believe in God, it's just true. It would be, it would, you have to agree that's, that's wise. If we, if we lived our life like that. So by definition, that's wisdom. The wise way to live my life would be diet and, and exercise. Discipline is taking steps to make wisdom become a reality in your life. It's not just believing. It's actually taking steps. Like going to the grocery store, right? Buying different foods, eating different kinds of meals, hitting the gym, you know, and working out. That's what a wise person does because he or she believes that's how bodies work. Does that make sense? But a fool pretends that in spite of what God says, in spite of what the doctor says, 
In spite of the reality that I've gained 100 pounds this summer by sitting on my couch eating ice cream and Doritos, all right, I still am going to pretend like it's not true. See, and even if they sat on the couch and admitted it was true, I believe it's true. I probably should do that. A fool wouldn't start practicing any new disciplines or start or stop any different behaviors. Or, to put it in Bible terms, take one step towards what God says is better or healthier or true. And that's foolish. Right? Bottom line, it's the same with every, every area of your life. See, whether you agree or disagree with what God says is true, it's kind of irrelevant. Or whether you know what God says is true, but you choose or to ignore or pretend that it's not really true. Either way, if you never apply what God says is true, the Bible says you're a fool. In other words, don't be surprised when your plans kind of don't work out. When you're laying in a cardiac unit because your arteries got all clogged up and your heart exploded, exploded, all right? You'd be foolish to think or pretend like it wasn't going to end up there. It's just reality. You say, well, well, that makes me mad. That doesn't sound very positive and doesn't make me feel very good about myself. What if I don't want that to be true? Tough. Right? Tough. I mean, it's called reality. You know, let's just push this a little more if they're not mad yet. Give me a chance, all right? Here, it's like, like this, all right? God is very clear, very clear, cover to cover. Over and over, God says things like this. This is how love works. This is how romance and marriage work best. This is how sexuality works best. This is where intimacy is expressed best in, in marriage. He says things like this. Men, women, love one another. Serve one another. Submit to one another. Forgive one another. He says things like this. I got an idea. Here's a better way. Only have sex with the person you're married to. That's better. God also says, you know, because he doesn't want anybody to get blindsided. He also says things. Here's what's best for you. But here's, I got to tell you, all right. Here's what will happen if you step outside of what is best for you in any of those areas. Again, I don't want you to get run over by a truck. It'll fall apart. See, a wise person... Married or single, whether you're 14 or 24 or 34 or 104, it's kind of gross, but go with it, all right? They hold their, they hold their sexual, their marital, their romantic, their, their relational choices up against kind of that fear God app, and they make a decision. All right, this is what I want to do. This is my choices in front of me. This is kind of my situation. Based on what I know about God and what I know he's already said about this, the wise thing to do, the, the path that would be the best path to take would be and you'll know. You'll know. I, I'm not saying you're going to choose the best path, best path, but you can't say it's because I didn't know, right? And I'm right. Of course I'm right. Here's how I know I'm right, because that's a lot of our stories, isn't it? It's mine. Every time, I'm not going to throw stones at you, this is a me too moment. Every time I've messed up in any area of my life, especially the big ones, if I was really honest, if you backed me into a corner and really pushed on me, eventually I'm going to admit, I knew it wasn't right when I did it. Right? I knew it was wrong. Just wanted to do it anyway. Right? I didn't want to do what I knew was the right thing to do. What do you mean the right thing to do? I mean the thing that I knew God was telling me to do. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Run the app backwards. Okay? Here's what I, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just want to do that because this is my life. But there is no way that you could build it. If you were to lay, lay this, what you want to do, up against God, there's just no way you could go, that's consistent. That lines up perfectly with God. 
There's no way you could build a case for that going, you know, I'm good with that. And I think God's good with that. There's just no way that you can lean some of our stuff up against God and build a good case to say, yeah, it's okay, right? Let's just think about it, right? There's no way you could justify or defend getting high or getting drunk. No way. No situation where it says, yeah, it's okay in that case. You know, all I want to do is have sex with her. Uh, there's, no, there's no way you could build a case for being violent against another person or being dishonest or being irresponsible with your family. There's no way you could build a case and say, that's consistent with God, where you're mean and cruel and selfish, or you just quit and walk away from the situation. You can't do it. There's no way. Right? But I want to do it anyway, so what am I going to do? Well, the Bible word would be, this is what we do a lot, we despise wisdom. I want to do it anyway, and it's not consistent with God, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pretend like, I'm just going to act like, I'm going to ignore that half of the equation. Right? And here's what, I just hope that this time, it, it's just different this time. And that this time, my, kind of my situation is, you ever had this conversation in your head with yourself? I, I, my situation is different. My, my situation is kind of the exception to the rule. Or maybe this time I won't get caught. Or maybe this time it won't matter. Those are famous last words, aren't they? But it did matter and we got caught. And then we say what everyone in this room has said a thousand times. I knew it was wrong when I did it. Right? Me too. So that's what we're going to do this month. We're going to take this Fear God app, if you dare to come back, all right? And we're going to run some of the biggest, most important, and I would say kind of the the high stakes parts of our life where failure is not an option, right? I mean, God forgives everything, but you just get one first marriage. You only get one set of kids. You only get one shot at some things, right? Right? So we're going to kind of run those parts of our life through this app, and we're going to see if it's possible that maybe from this point on, we can make some better, wiser choices and decisions. Like, like this, okay? Run, run the app. God says, very clear on that. We're going to look at this this month. This is the best, best way to be a parent. And this is what children need from their parents. Now, if you have a decision to make with your family, hold it up against that app and make a choice. God says this, this is how money works. And this is how it doesn't work. This is what money can do for you, and this is what money cannot do for you. So right now, you have this much money, right? What are you going to do? Run the app. Make a decision. God says you have this much time every day. And once it's gone, it's gone. You have this many years with your kids at home. You have this much time with your parents. You have this much time with this group of friends. You have this much time with your husband or wife. That's all you have. We all get just a limited time, all right? Now... Based on the limited time that you have and all the things that need to get done, what are you going to do? What are you going to choose to do? Run the app and make a decision. Make a wise decision. What do you mean wise? Decisions based on what you know about God. Because you've experienced them in the past. What God says is true. What God says, this is how things work. Or another way, it goes like this. It's just reality. Just make a good decision. Decisions that will leave us, you know, at the end of that kind of decision-making process, free from fear. And I mean, I don't want to walk around afraid all the time. Do you? Free from guilt. Some of us are right now in a point in our life where we are on a track. We are on a collision course. We're living in guilt for what we are doing to some people. We need to turn around. So we can be free from regret. God will forgive you. But you'll walk around the rest of your life with regret and scars and shame and embarrassment. 
And I'm tired of that. Jesus would say, just be free to have a better life. So this is going to be a really intrusive series. Okay? And meaning this is that it's, going to, it's a high application. We're not going to walk out of here every week, except maybe today, going, all right, I got a theory. We're going to get really into our lives. But let me tell you how high app this is going to be. Every week, you're going to have homework. Because school's almost back. Excited? I know. Sorry, dude. All right, all right. So, so, and by the way, our Bible reading, read through the book of Luke this month, ends tonight at midnight. You got like five hours, all right? So you, know, you can say, I read the whole book, just like that, all right? So this is our memory verse. We're going to have a memory verse every week. And nobody hates memory verses more than me. So pray about it, okay? So here's our memory verse, all right? It's also on the bottom of your program that you can rip off and put on your refrigerator or on your steering wheel or something like that. But let's just all say it together. Here we go. One, two, three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Everybody memorize it? All right, one more time. One, two, three. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, here's the big test. All right, everybody close their eyes. Ready? One, two, three. Here we go. The fear of the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom knowledge. Yeah, good. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to start next week, so... Yeah, all right, here we go. Hey, I'm going to pray. And then uh, we're, this song that we just, we just learned it last month is about who God is. And if God is for us and on our side, who can be against us? We don't have anything to be afraid of. All right, it's just, it's just true. And if we could live our lives, leaning our lives against not the lyrics of this song, but the God that stands behind this song, we make better choices. So let's pray. God, I am tired of of apologizing for the same things. I am tired of living in fear that my decisions and choices that I thought were done in secret or wouldn't matter. I'm tired of being afraid that those are going to catch up with me. I'm tired of feeling guilty for the way I've treated people, especially when I knew it was wrong when I treated them that way. I'm just sick and tired of that. And I think I speak for about a thousand other people in this room saying I want something better than that. I don't want to live my life with regret and shame and guilt and embarrassment. I got enough of that to last me forever. I just don't want to put any more on the pile. So God, from this point on, I'd like to start. I'd like to start a better life tonight. And that starts with looking at you and getting to know you more, spending time with you, reading things about you, talking to you in my car when I'm by myself, when I'm laying in bed, just asking you questions and seeing what you bring to my mind and coming in places like this. Um, if that leads to a better way, God, we are wide open because we need a better way. So thank you for being who you are. You're our God, all caps. God Almighty who runs the universe. So we love you in Jesus' name, amen.